I'm, I'm grateful that I, I started working on my sides. I'm grateful that to be in a position where I don't have to worry about my job, my a day job like I did because I was making money online. I'm very grateful for that. And, you know, when, when this all happened, I thought, man, I'm, I'm in a good position. You know, I'm still going to have to work hard at it, but I'm so much more fortunate than a lot of people because I, I made the effort early on to get to where I am now. So it's, it's really food for thought. You know, you really need to think about how quickly things can radically change. Do you want to be in the position where you might lose my job, your job? My, my brother got laid off and his girlfriend got laid off. And that sucks. That was Marty McLeod, longtime friend of the show. And he was on, I think, episode two. So pretty early on. And it's great to get an update from him here in April of 2020 with, you know, the world's kind of a different place than it was, you know, six months ago or even less. But in this case, you know, Marty tells us the state of his business right now and what has been going on with him. My name is Doug Cunnington, and this is The Doug Show. Marty gives us a bit of an update on the state of his sites. So he did take a little bit of a traffic hit in the November timeframe, but he's still going strong and he's actually purchased uh, another site. So he's been working on that and he's starting up a new one. One cool thing is he's looking to diversify his income a little bit. I do have to brag on him because he's a student of five figure niche site, but he is looking to diversify some of the revenue streams. So he's been doing more with display ads and he's even starting a new site that is essentially an informational site, not really targeting any kind of specific products in general. And he is following the model of uh, one of my friends, John Dykstra from Fat Stacks blog. And I'm an affiliate for many of John's courses. So, you know, I, I have, uh, I guess I'm biased and I like John too. And a lot of people like his courses also. They they tend to work pretty well. So I think it's cool that Marty is diversifying and doing some different things. Hey, this is Doug breaking in. So I'm recording this on April the 16th and some things have changed since I recorded the original episode. That was just this Monday, the 13th. Monday, the 13th, I recorded this episode originally and I said, hey, Marty's done a smart thing by trying to diversify and work with some ad networks, create a non-affiliate site, just an informational site that makes money through ad revenue. If you were not aware, on the 14th, Amazon Associates U.S. sent out an email to all their associates that they were lowering and changing their commission structure effective on the 21st. So all these changes rolled out really quickly. A lot of people really didn't have a heads up on it. I didn't have a heads up on it. And it obviously impacts my business in many ways. Not only do I have affiliate sites, but I also sell a course called Five Figure Niche Site where I talk about affiliate marketing. So This news came out quickly, and I wanted to re-record a portion of this episode. Now, I was planning on launching my course on the 27th. I usually plan pretty far ahead. This was on my radar for, you know, four to six months. I can't remember when I planned, but typically, historically, 
I launch in January, April, July, and October, typically in the middle or tail end of each of those months. And I've planned on launching the course. Not only was I planning on launching the course, but um, I had things in play already. So things are scheduled. I have an evergreen funnel as well. So this is definitely taking me off guard. So here's what I'm doing. I was trying to decide on, should I pull the course right now? Do I need to wait and see how this plays out? I don't know if this is a permanent or temporary situation. It sure appears like it's permanent because Amazon didn't provide any other information. If you want to get a little more granular on this, you can check out a few of my recent YouTube live streams, some of the most popular and most viewed live streams that I've done, but there's a lot more information. I dig into it, give you some more of my thoughts. I'm in a situation where I have a course. I know some people recently enrolled and I know a lot of people are waiting to enroll. So I was sitting here trying to figure out, should I just pull the course, skip the launch, not do it for now and see how it plays out or launch the course? So let's put a pin in that and I'm going to come back to it. The other aspect is I have a lot of students in the course. Some people like Marty are making a full-time income. There are other people who were on their way and some folks that are just getting started. So I have these students that are counting on me to deliver good information, a viable business model, the same business model that I use. So I have to take care of them. And I had this course launch looming. I definitely needed to figure out what to do with you know making this course either viable or pulling the plug. So and I'm, this is a work in progress, so I hope it's going to work out well. Only time will tell. So number one, I scheduled a live webinar with all the current students and basically said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to show you a few different options that you have. I'm going to add one to three more units, more lessons, so that this is not just a pure Amazon affiliate course, but it is a course where you can do affiliate marketing. And by the way, you have the potential to add in some display ad revenue or some other revenue models. So number one, I'm going to be adding a unit on affiliate marketing with other affiliate marketplaces or companies or working directly with companies, which is very interesting. When you cut out the middleman, you can potentially, you know, make a higher commission rate and it works out better for the vendor as well. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be easy to just, you know, make it a plug and play situation, but there are some plug and play situations out there. Commission junction, share a sale. Some companies have an affiliate program that they run themselves in house. So sometimes you can just find the products that are selling well and work with those companies. So I'm adding units on, working with other affiliate companies, finding other revenue models such as display ads, so like AdSense or Ezoic, for example. And you also have the ability to contact companies directly, potentially sell them ad space on your site. So there's a couple ways that you can approach this. And when it comes down to it, I know that I need to serve the current students that are out there and make sure that they have some options and they have tools within the course 
And this is the way the course is always run, by the way. If I make updates, you have lifetime access to those updates. So that's what I've done. Um, a lot of people were, you know, upset, especially with the YouTube live streams where it's just random people on there. The students in the course are, you know, some of them are alarmed. Some recent folks that enrolled asked for a refund. Happy to send them a refund. This is a different kind of environment these days. And at this point, what I decided to do was sell the course because I know some people are waiting for it and add those new units. Those, if anyone enrolls, you will have access. It doesn't matter what level of the course, you will have access to the new content that I'm adding. As always, there's a 60-day refund policy within the course. And I'm pretty generous with that anyway, but during this time period, I'll be even more generous. So if you are interested in, in checking out the business model, in many ways, Amazon just sells so much more. The market share is dramatically larger. I think Amazon is at 38% market share and Walmart is number two at like 5%. I was chatting with the CEO of Genius Link, Jesse Lakes, earlier today, and he you know, did research. And basically, even with the reduced affiliate commission rates, probably for a lot of people, Amazon is still going to be the best monetization for a site where you're providing product reviews. So with all that said, I recorded this episode. I knew I needed to come back to it. I typically work a few weeks ahead as much as I can. And since we recently moved, I worked even further ahead. So the timeliness and relevancy of some of the episodes may seem a tiny bit off, but overall, I knew that I needed to hop in, especially with this episode. So here's the bottom line. The course will still launch. We will see how it goes. I'm going to be generous with refunds, basically. I am adding content to the course, so it's a little bit more general. I'm giving a few more options for monetization and just noting that things have changed. So with that said, I did record a small pitch and just I talk about courses in general and I talk about five-figure niche site. So I'm going to let that roll and I'm going to launch into the episode with Marty. So like I said, I, I recorded this with Marty a few weeks back. I recorded the intro a couple days ago and now I'm jumping in again. So massive things have changed in the last few weeks. So with that said, I'm going to stop rambling and I'm going to go back to the original recording and I will see you on the other end here. I will mention that as of today, when this episode is going live, that's April 27th of 2020, my course, my premium course, Five Figure Niche Site is open for enrollment. So check the link in the description to get more details. I do keep the enrollment open just for a week. I open it up a few times a year. So if you happen to be, if the timing's right for you, let's say you're in a shelter in place situation and you have a little extra time on your hands, now's probably a good time to pick up the course. So check it out. And in general, it is a framework. It's like a start to finish from brainstorming to keyword research, launching your site, getting it set up, hiring writers, applying for the Amazon associate program, and then, you know, promoting the site. 
there's a couple different packages. I'm not going to make this a huge like sales platform. Although, I mean, that's partially why I do the whole show in the first place. But the, the thing is, there's a lot of details in there. It's a very meaty course. And one thing I want to point out is, and I've, I've gotten this feedback from a couple people. YouTube's a funny place. The, the comments come from YouTubers. <laughs> I mean, YouTube viewers primarily. And they say, hey, it looks like all the information in the world is available on YouTube. It looks like you publish a lot of stuff on your blog. You give away your systems. You give away your templates all for free. So why should I buy the course? There's a very good question. I'll give you two, maybe three reasons. Number one, there is so much information. There's a ton of information just on my channel, just on these podcasts and on my blog, all for free. You can go consume all of it. However, I will tell you right now, it is overwhelming. There's almost too much. There's too much information. And it's very hard to distinguish the things that you need to do, that you must do to be successful with this Amazon affiliate business model versus things that are maybe nice to have or a complete waste of time. It is very difficult to determine what you need to do and in what order you need to do it. The course is a distilled version. It's refined. It's exactly what you need to do. I've used the process myself. I've had many students go through the process, hundreds at this point, and Marty is one of them. Several other people that I've interviewed in the past have gone through the course, so I am confident that it can work for a wide range of people, whether you have a tech background or you're a writer or an artist or something like that, it can work for you. And again, some of the huge value in the course is whatever moved from just the noise that's out there. It's just the distilled version. Another big part of it is access to me. So I get many, many emails. I get a lot of questions just in general, and I don't have time to answer them all because I'm not doing this to sit in front of my laptop and answer questions. However, if you are putting in the time, if you're putting in the work and you enroll in the course, you do have access to me and I have one virtual assistant that helps me with support on the course, email support. And access to me is... I, th- I think it's pretty special, you know, cause I, I don't, I don't normally spend a lot of time, but I don't normally spend a lot of time sending out emails to random people asking me questions. So if you are in the course, you're part of the family. I, I treat you with respect and I, I won't make fun of you. As you know, some of the questions that I get occasionally, I mean, I'm pretty snarky and, and I've been told that. So, and it's, it's mostly not in real life, but when, you know, when you're dealing with comments on YouTube and that sort of thing, I can be a little snarky in that, in that sort of scenario. And the final reason, number three is when you pay money for a course, you are far more likely to do the work. So yes, you may be able to piece together a lot of the ideas and and get a lot done by looking at my blog, by checking out my YouTube channel, checking out Niche Pursuits and Spencer Hawes case studies out there. He's been doing several case studies. You can go check out Authority Hacker. You can go look at just tons of free tutorials out there, whether it's a blog or on YouTube, there's hundreds of them out there. So you can definitely find a lot of information, but 
doing the work is something different. And there's a little psychological thing that happens when you pay for a course, you are way more likely to do the work. And I have done that myself. So I purchased a course um, back in 2016. Ironically, it was a course on creating courses, but it really took you through the framework so that you would understand what needs to be in a course, how you can develop a course so that people, number one, get a lot out of it. And then you can understand how to sell it by going through the full process. And I paid, I think uh, it was almost $4,000 for that course. And that, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money in general. And I did every single one of the lessons. I went to every single office hour session and I did all the work. It was awesome. Paying money to do something is highly motivating. If you get information for free, and I've seen this you know, firsthand, it's one of the reasons why I don't answer very many email questions. Someone will shoot me an email. Hey, can you look at my site and let me know what I should do? I used to do this. I would record a video and I would send it back to them and they would, they would be grateful, but then they wouldn't follow any of the advice. And I'd get another email from them a couple months later. Hey, I'm still having trouble with X, Y, and Z. Um, you know, can you help me out again? So I would ask them if they did any of the work that I suggested that they do before. And typically they don't follow free advice. People just don't follow free advice. So there's, there's some psychological thing where like, Hey, at least you'll give it a shot if you do pay money for it. So that is some of the main, main reasons why, number one, I charge for the course and why it is pretty beneficial to buy a course and go through it. The fourth reason, which I I didn't even think I was going to mention this is you get introduced to a network of people. There's a Facebook group. It's a private group. I only let students in there and people like Marty McLeod are in there. Justin, who I recently interviewed, he's in there too. Adrian Diaz is in there. Christy is in there. There's a lot of folks that are in that group that you've seen on YouTube. They're successful. And you know everyone has sort of a baseline set of knowledge. People are serious about working online and getting into affiliate marketing. So that's my pitch for the course. And if you happen to be listening to this in the future and the course is not open for enrollment, you can shoot me an email, feedback at doug.show, mention something about five-figure niche site course, that you're super interested and you're highly motivated. And um, I know a guy named me who can get you in there. So shoot me an email and we'll see what we could do. I guess that ended up being a longer pitch than I intended, but this is the Doug show and that's what we do. Okay. So I I think I could just send it over to the interview with Marty and I won't go on for too long at the end. I'll answer one or two questions, um, voicemail questions that were sent in. Hey, what's going on? It's Doug Cunnington here, and I'm with my good friend, Marty McLeod. How are you today? I'm good. How's it going? I'm doing awesome here, and you've been on the show a few times, which is, is very cool. You're a success story, and we're, we're getting an update here in April of 2020, which is a weird time in the world. So just personally, how has uh, COVID impacted you, your day-to-day life, and all that? Uh, as far as that goes, well, the things, some things that we take for granted sometimes, like being able to, to go to the gym almost w- whenever you want to, and things like that. Can't do it right now. 
But on the positive side, if, if ever there was a time to, to stay home and try to get more work done, I guess now, <laughs> now is it. <laughs> yeah, that's the truth. And I, I've seen like memes online and stuff where it's like, yeah, you gotta, there's no excuses for getting things done yeah. now. You're at home. You can work on your, on your sites and do whatever yeah. you got to do. So, um, one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you back on one, you're, a cool dude and people like you and they want to hear nice. your updates. Um, and in this sort of like time, I, I have been getting a lot of questions where people are thinking, Hey, do affiliate sites work anymore? Um, especially now, I think someone even thought that Amazon was going to shut down their affiliate program. Like people's minds just go to the extremes, but business is going as usual in my neck of the woods. So can you give us kind of an update on your earnings, say for like Q1 of 2020? Uh, yeah. So I, I was on one of the people who, on my main side, not my second side, unfortunately lost some traffic starting last November. So which happened to, you know, quite a few people. I didn't hear about everybody talk about it, but still all in all, I can't really complain too much. I can still work it. So uh, a little bit over for the first quarter of, uh, this year was like probably somewhere around 10,000 and you can't count ad revenue in, in along with Amazon earnings. Yeah. Nice. So, you know, I'm still getting by. Okay, cool. Yep. And for people that don't know, number one, you can go back and watch some of the previous interviews with Marty to get sort of the full spectrum. You've been on, you know, five, six times. Um, you had a full time day job for, yeah. a long time, you know, a career <sighs> yep. and, and you left last September. So congrats on yep. that. And you've been able to keep it going, even though earnings uh, are a little bit lower than potentially what they were uh, before November. Right, exactly. Cool. Yep. And and move on to new ideas too. Yep. yep. And that said, um, I introduced you to someone that was able to hook you up with a site. So you got an existing site. Can you tell us just a right. little bit about how that came about in the process of negotiating and then yeah. obtaining the site and what you've done to it so far. Yeah, of course I owe you a big thank you for that opportunity. So uh, if she was a really nice person to deal with, so it was a, she had started a small niche site that was most people would say it's seasonal, but I think there's some room. We'll go room for the rest of the year. Just uh, that's one reason I bought it. But, it was basically that we started talking and I just went ahead and said, uh, you know, what do you think it's worth you? And she responded with what she thought it was. And I, and I offered a little bit less, uh, in my case, not quite, didn't know a hundred percent, but I knew that I would have to put some work into it to get it to where I wanted it to be. So I tried to take that into account as opposed to something that where you say, wow, it's just turnkey, you know? Uh, and, that, uh, but she was very fair about it. And I, I said, well, that's nice. And, She's very helpful about uh, things like transferring the domain were really easy. At least they were with Namecheap. And the transferring the site itself was okay because I'm with SiteGround. And with a good hosting company, that's a lot less of a pain than the Joe, Joe, Joe Blow hosting company. I saw that. And the rest was just uh, transferring analytics, I think, once I had uh, – uh, once I had sent her the money, which I did right away via PayPal, and that, that was pretty straightforward. In this case, there was no person in between, and she was happy about that because she said, I, I will have these other things I'd rather be working on. It'd be nice to get the money, and this way I don't have to pay the, uh, anybody, any fees to anybody. And so, yeah, I totally understand. So we both went, you know. 
Yep. And I, <laughs> you know, being such a nice dude, I didn't ask for anything. I mean, I didn't want to do any work. <laughs> so <laughs> I was just sent, I sent an email to each of you to intro and yeah. I stayed out of the negotiations. I actually, I knew, um, like inside information from her and from you, yeah, but yeah, I didn't yeah, exactly. divulge anything so that you guys could do whatever deal you needed to do. And I stayed out of it. So yeah. that's pretty cool. Now, can you give us any idea on like the number of posts, um, traffic and earnings, whatever you're comfortable sharing here? Yeah. 27 posts. I believe it was, uh, you can actually export a list of posts. There's a nice plugin that'll export stuff as a spreadsheet. I use that to, when I started going through each post and making changes, but, uh, so about 27 posts, some were informational, some were buyer posts, of course. And, uh, the traffic was, oh my goodness, I apologize. I'm trying to remember cause it's changed now. It's gone up. It was, uh, it was pretty small, pretty small. I think it might've been two or something thousand less per month. I can't remember exactly where I took my head. I'm sorry about that. But it, it's ever since I, uh, made my changes and what have you, the traffic immediately on the graph. Like this, or <laughs> sure. So, so what did you do to the site and to the content to get such a quick turnaround? Yeah, I went through and I formatted it pretty well for the, more or less the way that I'm already doing it on my other sites, and I updated, changed the theme out for what I'm already using, and that which is Rehub currently I'm using Rehub, which let me just import the settings from my other sites. Then all I had to do is change little things like the colors and the logo. Uh, a lot of it had to do with the page speed because my images were too large. I mean, very big. And other things like that, there's a lot of stuff that adds up for page loading. And I added the cache, uh, some other optimizations and things like that to get the page speeds, load times uh, much smaller, get the page, page loading better, a lot better. What was the load speed? Do you happen to remember like the first time you tested it? Uh, I took a snapshot. I think it, I did. It was... It might have been, it was several seconds. I wonder if it was back over four. Over four It depends seconds. on the post. It depended a lot on the post because not all of them were the same. I, I resized images and they compressed them and this, that, and the other, you know. Cool. Um, but, yeah, stuff like that. Okay. That, that's pretty awesome. And as far as the content, did you need to change or modify any of the actual copy on the pages? I did. Uh well, in her case, she's, she uses British English, and I'm American, obviously. So there were some words that I had to change because my audience is going to be mostly American. So that was one thing I went through and did. Uh, a lot of it was just uh, styling it, like breaking up longer paragraphs. And, I, of course, I had to put my own tables in there and remove the old tables and put in my links, remove the old ones and buttons, what have you. It was uh, also, uh, I think I added more tables of, con- tables of content, you know, excuse me, a table of contents uh, and uh, a few other things like that. Okay. Change the featured images. Uh, okay. So do you, what's your gut feeling? I know you won't know for sure, but what's your gut feeling on the most effective thing that you just mentioned? Cause you talked about site speed, you improve some of the content, you put a new theme on there and mm-hmm. maybe a couple other theme things as well. So do you know, or what's your gut tell you? Because you won't know for sure what it is. Yeah, I think that I think that the big change in page speed, as as much as I was surprised, I think that had somewhat of an impact. And I think that possibly page on time has actually gone up. I have to go back and look at the numbers. That's my that's my hunch. Okay. You know? 
And that makes, that makes some sense if we just, you know, let it play out. They all kind of work mm-hmm. together. So yeah. number one, if someone Googled the term that they or whatever they were looking for, they click over to the site and it loads quickly, they're more likely not to bounce. And then if you have a theme and formatting of a post that is easier to consume, it'll keep people on the site longer. Thus your, your rankings will probably go up because Google is getting those great signs of interaction on your site. So they kind of go hand in hand, I guess. Yeah. Awesome. So at this point, have you added like new content? No, I'm actually about to do that. I, I've done the, I did the keyword research and got the content plan laid out. So I've already got a set of posts and the secondary keywords ready to go. Uh, I, I was doing that and I also did it for a new site. I want to start that's informational content. I did them about the same time. Just, you know, sometimes you have to spend a little while looking for good keywords. Okay. And how much um, content are you planning on adding to the site that you just purchased? Uh, I want to add 10 for now. I want to go and add another 10 and a lot more for the other new one that I want to do. Okay. And just um, before we move on to the new site, like long term, so it sounds like 10 articles in, in the short term, but let's say in 12 months or 18 months, like where do you see the site that you just purchased? Yeah, I want to have it at yeah, obviously, I think easily want to have it at 50 posts, but I want to have it, I want to have it earning a thousand a month if possible. And however many posts it's going to take, that's probably going to take in this, this niche. Uh, it's, it's probably, it's possibly doable with 50, but I'm going to aim for higher, let's say 65 or so, maybe a hundred posts. I think I'll be happy. It's my first time scaling up. So part of that has to do with me and the learning curve for that. If I get, as long as I get that working, that's, that's, that's doable. That's a lot of it right there, you know? Yeah. Awesome. So this new site, you alluded to it a couple of times. So tell us about that and, and what your plans are for it. Yeah. So this is easy to explain. Uh, for anybody who's been watching your channel for a while, you interviewed Ron Stefowski and John Dijkstra quite a few times. And I learned quite a lot from those guys, including John, especially because I've, I've got a bunch of his courses which I bought through the links in your email newsletter. And uh, so I, it's a fantastic business model. I'm currently already using many of my ads on my sites, and that was a nice extra amount of money. But personally, like Ron Stefanski had said in one of your videos, there's Amazon can be high risk, and it would be fantastic to me to have just an informational content site or mostly informational that earns ad revenue because there's a, there's a whole lot list of fantastic reasons why it's great. Uh, the keywords are more plentiful. That's that I, I've gone through a massive amount of keywords and uh, just recently informational a question and answer. And it, there are just so many great ones. And uh, yeah, you get to spend time sorting through it all uh, is lower risk. You're not competing against other equivalent sites like you are with Amazon product. And also it's in some ways, I think it's just more fun. I, I kind of enjoy that kind of content personally. Very cool. Yeah. And as far as like choosing some of those informational keyword phrases, obviously in John's courses, he goes over that extensively, but do you have any quick tips for people that are like, Hey, maybe I want to dip my toe into this informational area. Uh, yeah, I would say, well, I did niche research, first of all, to make sure that the niche was going to warrant me spending time and effort in it because that means meaning that there were going to be enough topics to cover. And I would say that it would, there probably are 
there's probably a fantastic amount. Some are better than others. Some are just massive and massive. Uh, so if you get a good niche from the beginning, that's not going to be an issue. It's just Then it's just a matter of uh, coming up with the ideas, using those as the seed to generate the keywords that you evaluate. Okay. And if you, it's like you can keep coming up with more ideas, which shouldn't be too hard. If you look for what people are asking, like in the multiple sources on the internet, you should find plenty of ideas. Cool. And how much content are you planning for that site in, you know, yeah, like six months and just further out? Six months. It would be great if I could get it to 40, maybe even 50 if things go really well. We'll see how it goes. But a long-term thing, a lot more. Very big. Yeah. Hundreds. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And John has several courses out there, which I'm an affiliate for all of them. Um, do you know the name of the course that sort of outlines the informational plan that you're going to do here? Uh, well, he has several different ones for d- different subtopics related to this uh, because there's one for ads, there's one for some keyword research the way he does it, uh, one one for using VAs and hiring people. It, I guess it depends on which one that you're thinking about. It, it, his his are cover all the little pieces, basically. Okay. So it probably, because I, I can't remember, I think he has like six or eight different courses. Yeah, so. exactly. I think and he's got nine. Yeah, they're like smaller um, in in scope, so they solve one problem. So it's probably like three or four of them. Like you're yeah, mentioning. right. Okay, right. Cool. Anything else interesting with this uh, new site? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to try a new hosting company, uh, Hostinger, which I have never really heard of before. But I thought, well, since this is so brand new, I'll wait until later to upgrade it. And I just use the budget budget option for now, and why not have, try another some another possibility? But the problem was, despite what the reviews I read, they turned out not really to be true. That support was almost it was almost impossible to find an email address to actually email somebody. They have a chat window; you had to wait for somebody to email you back. Nobody would actually answer me right then. I, I think they're in Lithuania or something. Yeah, and I mean, and actually, I paid for daily backups too. They, because I, so, I had the issue, times where I really depended on those. They'll save my behind in a big way. It's worth the money. But the problem was the way they implemented it was really weird. You could have done it with a WordPress plugin. You had these separate files. You'd have to, there were backups, but you'd have to download the file and like upload it again. These separate files to restore. It was so freaking slow. It's, it's just pain in the ass. And I was not going to deal with it. I was kind of frustrated about the support thing. And finally, I said, I'm sorry. I think I just need to cancel and get my money back. And I went back to stock ground. You know, everything's cool there. Yeah. I was going to say, just stick with stock ground, <laughs> man. Like, why, why are just, you ex- yeah, testing other companies? <laughs> <laughs> You're just uh, glutton for punishment, man. You're like, oh, let me try this unproven hosting company that I don't know anything about. So, yeah. all right. I'm just busting your balls there on that. That's but cool. yeah, stock ground's very good. <laughs> I'm an affiliate for Sycreon. They're a little pricier, but they they have awesome support. You just hop on the chat and you're chatting with someone in usually a minute or less. So you know, and, and for the first year it was gonna be almost exactly the same price as what I paid post injury. And I thought, wow, that's <laughs> why am I dealing with this? So Yeah. Oh. And they, they have a cool deal um, right now f- with SiteGround for COVID-19. It's like the first three months. The, now, this is for their most basic shared hosting package. Mm-hmm. So it's like $0.99 cents 
for the first three yeah, months, which yeah. is, I mean, that's practically free for most people. Yeah. And, you know, whenever you renew or if you end up getting a lot of traffic, you probably will need to upgrade your hosting. But mm-hmm. if like to just get started, to just launch your first yeah. site, like it's a no brainer. Okay. So sort of the last few things I want to ask you about are, um, I guess your, your bigger site, I know it lost a little of the traffic and a little yeah. earnings and you were also doing some CRO, um, right. testing over there. So any yeah. other interesting stuff on, you know, your quote, you know, big site? Um, uh, I've actually been experimenting with generate press to see what I can do to very closely duplicate the style of my rehub thing I'm using right now, but cut the load size. And I found out that if I use, I was actually experimenting with Generate Press Premium and Astro Pro, both of those. And it turns out even making it look nearly identical to my current theme, I can cut the size and at least by half or less. That's pretty good. That is pretty amazing. Yeah. Do you happen to remember sort of like the the lean size that you came up with, with the yeah. generate press, like how big is that? I, I do. So, and it's, I made a test post. I'm using the standardized test post for all these. So <clears throat> that was like four or five, I think it was four or five images and some text table contents. So the generate press and Astro was very close, just a little bit more, but generate press. So without auto optimizing use that uh, G- CSS and JS plugin active without it in use, it was like, 545 kilobytes or something. And when I activated auto-optimize, switched it on, it went down to a little bit under 300. I was surprised. Wow. And that's with a few images too, huh? Yeah, with a few images. And I should add one thing. So I learned from Matt, who you interviewed a while back, uh, and, you know, his uh, Swim University site, he's using WebSafe fonts, which there's no overhead for them to load like I was currently doing with OpenSans and other Google fonts. They cut off several things. You can see it in GT metrics. This this month that has the load is gone, and it looks so it looks extremely similar like it used to. I was doing trying all those things out. And say what can I? What was this really going to do? Testing it, you know. Yeah, interesting. Is it pretty good? I um I feel that too because like when you when you first start, you're like, oh, I, I like the look of this Google yeah. font. It must it's Google. It must be universal. But yeah, like loading fonts doesn't seem like it'll be much, but every little thing counts and mm-hmm. little setting that I use on, I use the focus WordPress theme often, mm-hmm. which is built on thesis and you can set it for, you know, the normal web. What do they call it? The web fonts or something? Yeah. Uh, website fonts, website fonts. Yeah. Yeah. Generate press. You can do that. So you can set it for web safe fonts, which, you know, lo- no load time. You can load those Google fonts or whatever else you want to do, but you could also set it for like just the system fonts of whatever the person has on their computer. So it looks sort of like native for their device or whatever they're doing. So if they have some, you know, if they're using like Georgia or some other font, Mm -hmm. like it'll just show like whatever they're most comfortable with. So I guess there's no extra load time for the web safe fonts either, but I just, I was like, Oh, if they have it on their machine and like, that's what they're used to, I'm going to load that. So very cool. So did you have to do any like coding or removing any code with generate press or was just, no, uh, generate press. And I think Astro can do some, but generate press. I like it a little bit better to be honest. It, it's one of the options. You can just choose it from a drop down. 
So there's a whole list of, uh, let's say, fonts to choose from. You're, you're not forced to use just one, but you're, there's several that are already available, so there's no, there's no CSS or whatever involved. I, Generate Press, to stylize it, is highly customizable. So there is a little bit of a learning curve, but, but when, you're, when it's all set and done, they, they're very helpful, or you can probably be finding information somebody's probably already asked to get you the, the little snippets of CSS you just put in there and make it look like you want to. So it's not as easy out of the box, but it's much more powerful. There's even more stuff you can do with it. Uh, awesome. And I think, you know, Matt, uh, Javanese, the person you were talking yeah. about with Swim University and um, Listen Money Matters and um, moneylab.co. He has several different things going on, but yeah, he created a theme and basically stripped it down. I'm not sure if he had like a base theme that he was sort of mimicking, but his is pretty bare bones as well. Yeah. And did you check it out? Did you play? with I it? did. <laughs> I did actually It showed that it was less than 80 kilobytes. Ridiculous. It was yeah. ridiculous. I was like, wow. <laughs> it's it was, so, so cool. So little, the window for what's actually loading is so small. I was just, I'd never seen it before. <laughs> yeah. And I, um, it's on my list, but I was busy moving and all that stuff, but I was going to pick it up and just like put it on one of my sites, but and just to see what it was like. But I think it's essentially the bare minimum and the, the downside, there's two minor downsides. He doesn't offer support, so yeah. that's okay. But he tells you that up front. So you yeah. buy it, you have like the bare bones minimum of like a theme. And then after that, um, he shows you how to customize it in certain ways. But in my opinion, it's probably a perfect way to layer on complexity. So if you wanted to say create a feature box, exactly how you want it to look, let's say you want to mimic the wire cutter, you could probably hire someone to yeah. code the CSS for you slide it into carbonate is that's what it's called slide it into yeah, carbonate just, and then you could just yeah. you know use that class wherever you need to use it and just have a lean site a hundred percent of the time so very cool theme and i'm glad you checked it out is there any reason why you didn't use um carbonate for your sites yeah it's it's really nice uh but i think it does not have a sidebar and for media vine ads that's one of the things they do place ads in sidebar desktop. So, and there's something features I'd rather keep other than that. I think, you know, those are really the only reasons why, you know? Okay. Very cool. Well, any, any other notes on like uh, CRO or did you learn anything in the meantime in the last few months? Yeah. I've, uh, I don't think I've, th we've discussed this topic. So I was measuring and tracking the click through rate on the different kinds of buyer posts because I've had a hunch for a while. And it turns out that some are far less, there's far less return on some that I've worked very, very hard for, unfortunately. So I'm going to be focused on the certain ones from moving forward more often. You know, is there any general, um, I guess guidelines that, or is it very specific yeah. to your site? It's not site specific because I'm seeing the same pattern on both and they're very different, different demographics. Uh, so the best extra wire far and above several times more click through rate than the, than the versus and the single product reviews. Single product, the, my versus post, I'm testing one. I'll have to do some more, but it's, it's okay. It's, it was around say 14, 
but the, the single product reviews were some of them were less than one percent, and and this is with a very good content. So it's and this was the same content format across two sites. So it's not like there's some big, huge. I'm not throwing other variables into the mix there, and that's very disappointing. You know, some are a little bit better, but they're still less than eight five, and that's unfortunate when you work really hard on something. But I think I could. Those are still worth the authority and some traffic, and I think it can run ads in those. I'll be okay. Still get the use out of it. But the best X for Y type poster, my goodness, they're just the main breadwinners, hands down, easily. The data doesn't lie. Why do you think those perform so much better? Uh, I had one guy suggest that he thought that the the single product reviews were possibly people were still shopping somewhere else, but they came over here to see my review before they bought it here. I think it might be a factor, but I think that this, I think it's the buying psychology and search intent. It's probably the biggest thing. That's that's my hunch right now. My hypothesis. Uh, I I really believe it's more. I'm I'm ready to buy as into. I'm either thinking about it or I'm going to buy it somewhere else. And I want to read this information. So best X Y. You click when when over thirty percent of, of the people landing on it click through and go to Amazon. That's a, that's a huge like for yeah. We definitely are think seriously thinking about buying. Versus the others, or they're not really. Yeah, I think you're right on that. And I've, in in the very beginning, I was doing whatever post I could come up with, right? So, um, you know, best, um, best marker for whatever ended up being like some of the better performing kind of posts, just like you're saying. But I originally I was publishing like Sharpie reviews. Or something mm-hmm. like that, or uh, silver sharpie review, something like that. And yeah, people maybe would read them, but like you're saying, whatever, whatever. Uh, especially if they're like trying to search for something, and they have a specific application in mind or a specific kind of user. So that totally makes sense. It's, it's more tailored to what they're looking for, I think. Yeah. So very cool. Anything else on the CRO? You, you've always been a big proponent of tables. It seems like yeah. you have that honed in. Yeah, I have that. Those are still doing really, really well. But uh, I was uh, I picked up a and Matt Diggity's group uh, a guy said, you know, you should pick up the Russell Brunson book, the ebook. It's more he's more sales funnels and offers landing page kind of stuff. But there were some ideas in there for testing, and I was testing green versus red buttons. Because and they had he had a, 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 a test example where the data gave the red button was a far better winner for conversions. Uh, it uh, currently the data is saying though that they're roughly the same and possibly even better for the green like I already had. Which it's just you never really know for sure until you find out. At first it was looking different, but once you're patient, give it time, the sample size goes up. The data will show you the truth. You know. Yeah, you know, which sounds funny, I guess, but I was just so curious. <laughs> yeah, people. Ask, I mean, the headlines are are popular for like, I changed the button color and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But I've ne- I've never heard someone say like, yeah, we did the button color thing and everything changed. Like, if you have the yeah. right traffic on there, like people are going to f- figure out how to click over. So that's my my approach. Usually, is just get that right the right kind of traffic, the person that wants to buy something and you'll be in good shape. So cool. I did have one or two. One was just, uh, one or two more. One was just, uh, 
I, I not I always just like to see the data myself. So I had Convertica I had done some work on my sites, and I their optimizations. I was confirming the, the click through rate or in the that it was an improvement, and it definitely is. And that was a placement of product tables. Oh, so where do you uh, put them? Uh, close to so uh, not above the fold, but uh, after shortly after the intro, kind of after the table contents after the first H two. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good to know because yeah. in my, yeah. in my <clears throat> perfect Amazon affiliate review format, which is in the five figure niche site course and it's freely available. That's where I put the tables. <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah, I, blindly I was, I was doing a lot of stuff <laughs> that was mostly right. Like I, I contended often, like I'm doing most of this stuff, right. Even though I've never tested yeah. like that stuff that you're talking about. It's amazing to have the data though, to really confirm yeah. it. Awesome. Well, any parting thoughts, Marty? Just, um, I'm, I'm grateful that I, I started working on my sites. I'm grateful that to be in a position where I don't have to worry about my job, my a day job like I did because I was making money online. I'm very grateful for that. And, you know, when, when this all happened, I thought, man, I'm, I'm in a good position. You know, I'm still going to have to work hard at it, but I'm so much more fortunate than a lot of people because I, I made the effort early on to get to where I am now. So it's, it's really food for thought. You know, you really need to think about how quickly things can radically change. Do you want to be in the position where you might lose my job, your job? My, my brother got laid off and his girlfriend got laid off. And that sucks. I hate to hear about that ha- ha- happening to people. Uh, so I think people should really think about what you have to offer and the information and this, this way of making money online. Because it's actually I enjoy it and you learn so much. And once you learn stuff, you get rewarded for it when you, and you put in the effort. It's, it's, it's great. You know, very good. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. And I got laid off in 2015 and I'm glad I had a side hustle going and, you know, kept with it and it wasn't easy as you know, and there's yeah. a ton of work to be done. Yeah. So there's, you know, now's the time to start if you haven't, you know, for folks out there. And then if you do have something going and maybe you haven't gotten the traction that Marty has, or maybe the Adrian, um, Diaz or Christy, like maybe you haven't connected all the dots yet, but like keep pushing because basically everyone yeah. started at zero and they persevered and figured it out. So I know when you and I met Marty, you were kind of doing okay in some areas, but you hadn't really like put all the pieces together in the right order. And now, you know, we, you're a regular guest on the show. So look at this. <laughs> right. Just goes to show you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So thanks a lot for joining us again. Oh, and you. if people want to reach out to you, um, you don't have a site or anything, but you're often active in comments on YouTube channels and you're in a few Facebook groups, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm probably in about six or eight or even more Facebook groups. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. Very cool. Thanks a lot, Marty. Appreciate it. Uh, Thank you. It's always good to catch up with Marty. And I did get to meet him in person when I was back in the Atlanta area in December of 2019. I had a meetup at, uh, it was like an on the border restaurant in the Pleasant Hill area. So like Gwinnett. And uh, it was pretty cool. Something like 15 people showed up, which blew my mind. And Marty was one of them. So it was great to meet him. And probably, you know, whenever some of this travel stuff lifts a little bit, I will be back in the Georgia and Atlanta area probably 
one, two, three times um, this year. So, and I mean, assuming we can travel sometime before too long. And I, I did say I'm going to answer a couple questions. I said they were voicemail questions, but that was a lie. It's going to be a email question. So if you have any questions out there, shoot them to feedback at doug.show. Feedback at doug.show. Here's one from Meek. That's what they say their their name is, M-E-E-K. I don't know if that's the real name. Well, they say it right here. Hey, Doug, my name is Meek. So I guess that's their name. I'm not sure <laughs> what the origin is for that name. Thank you for all that you do for the IM community. You're welcome. That's cool for you to say it. I pray for you, your wife, Georgie, um, and you're all doing well during this COVID-19 time. You're definitely leaving a legacy with your crowning work of KGR. That's the keyword golden ratio that I thank you for that as well. I think that's, um, I don't know if I would give it that much credit, but cool. I like it. I like it. And you said that you were on the Niche Site Project site and you read an article about why 250 is the sort of top search volume. And then I also mentioned the quote, rule of 63. So Meek asks, I'm not familiar with the rule of 63. What is it? Thanks in advance. And yep, I support you. So all all that stuff. Thanks, Meek, for sending it in. I sent him a quick email back. This is what I do a lot of times. So if you send a, you know, tight, interesting question, I will probably shoot you a quick bullet point answer back. And then I'll record the actual answer sometime later. So here's my take on the rule of 63. I don't really agree with it. I never tested it though. So I've never tested it, but I haven't ever seen someone actually test it or do a case study or anything like that for the rule of 63. The basic idea of a rule of 63 is that you will find, if you find fewer than 63 all entitled results, then you can go for it. But they say that the search volume doesn't matter at all. And I think it does matter. I think the search volume matters a lot, which is why I put it into the formula for the keyword golden ratio. And I think it is kind of a a factor for the Google sandbox. All right. So I think the sandbox comes into play. And if you're not familiar with the Google sandbox, that's sort of like a arbitrary period of six months before your site can rank as well as it potentially could in out of the sandbox. So this is not a documented thing that Google talks about. But when I, I mean, I talk to dozens of people that have, you know, either affiliate sites, informational sites, or any kind of site, it could just be like a blog, but they typically get a lot more search traffic after six months. A lot of times it's like to the day or to the week and they see traffic go up quite a bit. It doesn't mean that their sites can't rank for anything, but it seems like sites are held back. I've heard there's also a sandbox for sort of the 12 month range. So there could be a sandbox for six months and then 12 months. And generally it is unobserved. It's sort of, if you try and look this up, you won't find any like real sort of credible data. But if you talk to a lot of people, they'll say, yeah, after six months, traffic sure did seem to shoot up. So all that to say, if you have a site that's brand new, I highly suggest that you check out the KGR. I think you should probably stick to the KGR exactly as you're launching. 
But if you have an established site, then, I mean, the KGR is something that you can play with the the different factors. So maybe you don't go for terms that are 0.25. Maybe you go up to 0.75. Or maybe you go, maybe you completely ignore the search volume and it doesn't matter. But I think if you have a brand new site, if you want to get traffic sooner, you should probably just stick to the low search volumes and stick to the KGR formula. I mention this often where I let people know, hey, the, I'm not like dogmatic about KGR. If you want to use it, it is an interesting tool to experiment with. It is not the only thing you can do. I know some of the people uh, that are you know, in my tight network, like uh, Ron Stefanski, John Dykstra, they don't use KGR. They have their own system. They obviously know what they're doing, but I like with my pitch for the five figure niche site course, I teach KGR in the five figure niche site course, because it is very important when you launch your, your site and maybe you're new and this is your first affiliate site, your first real, real effort at affiliate marketing. It's extremely, extremely important for you to have some momentum early you need to see some traffic going to your site. You need to see some clicks going to Amazon. And I hope you can get a couple sales early on. If you have to you know, start a site and maybe you're using the rule of 63 and you're going for you know, higher search volumes over you know, 1,200 searches per month on up to say 9,000 searches per month, it is highly likely you could be working on your site and publishing you know, five articles, a week and you may not get much traffic until you hit six months or one year because you're just going after these pretty competitive terms. So even if they don't have very many all entitled results, you still could be competing with a lot of other people that maybe aren't targeting it, targeting the search phrase specifically. All that to say, if you use the tools that are available to you like KGR and you know why you're using them and and when to use them, it's going to be way more effective. So if you're starting a brand new site, then you probably want to stick to, you know, pretty low competition terms so that you're not trying to compete with say Ron Stefanski, right. Or John Dykstra, they've been doing it for a long time. So you may want to, you know, throttle it down, grow into those skills. So I hope that was helpful. Meek. And if you have follow-up questions, you know, let me know. We had a little email exchange. So I think, um, I think you got what you need to get from that question. All right. Well, thanks a lot. And I, I want to, you know, just plug the course one more time. So if you're interested in getting in there, check the link in the description. And if you happen to be listening to this in the future and the course is not open for enrollment, shoot me an email, feedback at Doug.show. Everybody have a great day out there and we'll catch you on the next episode.